Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I'm your host, Ken Seymour. Today, I have a writer, actress, model, I'm going to say venture capitalist, Ariel Racine. How are you? Hi, I'm very good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Um, I always enjoy any opportunity to talk to somebody in a completely different hemisphere of the world than myself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, usually I'm on the New York's time. Usually, that's a good so, good time to be. I know my my like clock. I can't sleep anytime I'm in Europe or anything. I just I stay on one time zone, and I just stick with it. So, I'm right there with you. I like it. Consistency. Keep it. Keep it simple. <laughs> keep it going. But that's kind of been that's the key word of your career thus far. I was looking into a little bit of of what you've done, and you've been going since you were uh, an itty bitty little one. Uh, on you've been in front of cameras for a while. I was just I have. well. It says that you've been uh, ever since you were a baby that you've been doing like commercials, and you got your SAG card at three years old. I did, yeah. Um, I was living in LA with my mom and my dad, and. My mom was like modeling sometimes in New York, but we were living in LA. And then our neighbor was this like um, famous photographer. That was her friend. And he like took photos of me all the time and made it the book for me. And then my mom took it to an agency and I got signed. And then we were going on go sees all the time in LA. That seems like just it would be so trippy from you know somebody that grew up in a normal midwest sort of uh thing you know you you take your bus to school you go to school you do your best to avoid school hang out with friends what was what was it do you remember that kind of stuff or is that too far back i was three so you know i moved to the midwest after this so i didn't know what the midwest was at the time so it was just like playing for me honestly i felt like it was just fun like it was a thing me and my mom did and i stood in line and i talked to some strangers and it was fun um but then after my uh, parents split i did spend time in kansas and i got to realize the you know the kansas life hey kansas life is nothing to sneeze at unless you have allergies and then it's a lot to sneeze at um so I just had to ask, you know, when it, when it said that you were in early commercials, what kind of commercials were you in? I just have to know. Um, my mom said the one that got me my SAG card was an AT&T commercial. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've never seen it. It wasn't <sighs> like, you know, they didn't have phones to film things back in the day. And I don't think, I don't know, like now when I'm in something, I hire someone to like record it and then I put on my reel, you know, I don't think my mom business i don't she's not chris jenner over here you know she was just having fun, <laughs> having fun doing it so i don't know where it is oh, i was looking because i i dug and i dug and i dug and i tried to find some sort of video clip and just it was it was not going well i'm usually pretty good at the research and i just didn't find anything that that matched uh what we were looking for so i just it's like that's that's got to be so much so much fun just to be as a kid on a set. I mean, I've, I've talked to a few individuals that have grown up in the life of being actors and they have some interesting, um, interesting ways of looking at things. And did you stay in that or did you get to have the normal upbringing with high school and all that sort of I stuff? I definitely had the total normal upbringing. There was nothing besides theater and um, Kansas, you know. Mm. So I like played sports. I was a cheerleader. I did, I worked, I did all the normal things. I rode my bike. I helped on the farm. I did, you know, normal kid stuff. I love it. I helped the yearbook. I remember I loved being a part of the yearbook. I had to get an internship, you know, all those things. Now, but I, I was like totally pining to go back to LA when I was like getting older. Because I would spend the summers in L.A. and see my dad. I was like, this is where I need to be. <laughs> what, well, is your dad in the industry? No. Um, he wanted to be like a rock star. He is very talented in music or in all music, like every instrument he picks up. But he decided to be a doctor, play it smart. He wanted me to be a nurse. But um, no. And yeah, but he's still, he has his own like band. It's called uh, Walter Piston. 
I, I like it. Now, his his interest in you going into the medical field, how did that turn into a journalism track? Oh, because I was like, okay, you're not going to let me go into just theater. They were like, no, come up, like pick something else if you're going to go to school. And so I was like, okay, cool. Ryan Seacrest looks like he's having fun on E! News. I'll just do that. There's a camera. I talk. I'm in front of it. Whatever. So, yeah, I went to the Walter Cronkite School and it was like none of that, you know, <laughs> none of that. Um, it was good for me. I learned a lot. I got to edit the voiceovers, being on a time crunch, all that stuff. But at the end, I just knew this wasn't for me. But I'm glad I did it. It was good. But and also when they told me that I had to like start from like a small town and do, you know, and I was like, no, I just came from a small town. I'm not doing that. You don't want to have but to also spend four like, years doing the, the, the weather in Puxatawney, right? Yeah. But also like in LA, you know, when I was like going into acting, everyone's like, oh, it's the hardest thing ever. And I was like, oh, whatever. But I mean, it is the hardest thing ever too. like that would have taken me the same amount of time if I was like started somewhere small but you know it is what it is and it was in my heart to go just follow my little dream so I did but you got to stay in theater throughout in your productions that you were able to be a part of throughout high school and and then into the college years were there any any bits and pieces that you took with you that just felt like a, a special part that helped shape your perspective on what you loved about theater? Um, I love theater because you're always you're never more in the moment than you are on stage, I feel like. And anything can happen. It's like a literal roller coaster ride every single time. And every single time you get on that ride, it's always different because they'll say something to you differently. You react differently. It's just like, it's the space where you have to just be like, so open to whatever happens. I just, I've, I've never witnessed anything like that. I guess, well, no, improv is totally, well, no, improv, yeah, you have to be on your feet too, for sure. And like stand-up's different. You're just like doing your thing. But actually stand-up, I'm not very good at it, but well, I don't, I don't know yet. <laughs> I've done it. It was it was fine. It was good. And I want to get back to it. But um, stand up is funny because like you have to be so good to get what the crowd wants from you. You're like, shit, you know. And I remember I had just like my one five minutes and it, I just had to go with it. You know, it was not the crowd for it. But they did end up laughing on a few things. But it was like very R rated. And I was talking to like, you know, probably 50 year olds. <laughs> but it was fine. So how did you get into doing that bit of stand-up? Was that the Upright Citizens Brigade stuff that kind of caused I did it? UCB for improv. I actually did an improv troupe um, for a little while, and it was with a bunch of guys. And then the guys, like, ended up kicking me out, and I was so distraught. I actually moved to New York from it from LA at the time because I was having a lot of fun with it and we were like working on it but my acting coach was like or not my acting coach our improv coach was said that they all just wanted to kiss me and they couldn't think on stage so that's why they did it they were like why don't you guys just kiss her like you guys are little assholes and stuff I was like okay cool I don't feel so bad uh, that, that's a that's definitely a strange mentality to have to go <laughs> to, to cut the tension that seems mildly potentially problematic um okay so you're you're going into this i i first of all i just have to say i, I absolutely love um any sort of live comedy it's been something that has been a passion of mine for a number of years so anytime somebody gets to dip their feet into it i always have a handful of questions if you were to craft a section of your career to go down this path of live comedy who would you say your influences would be? Who would you want to kind of almost not emulate, but kind of project past uh, when you're on stage? Uh, well, I have a girlfriend that does stand up and I think she's the greatest person in the world. Her name's Leah Lamar and she kills it. Like the confidence that she has up there and she knows how to vibe with the, the crowd. And she just, she's so good at it. And I just, I hang out with her and I watch her and I just think she's amazing. And I know she's going to go 
to the top and I can see how hard she works. And I don't know if I'm into it that much, but I would love just to be that free like she is on stage. So with, with comedy anyways, Have you... So, you know, you just don't know. I think my jokes are so funny and I've been working with like my a stand up coach who's my friend and he's just like, well, that might be funny, but it might not You have to go work it. And I was like, well, I just want it to be funny and then I'm done, you know, and then I can go do something else and then come back to it in another year. <laughs> it's like, no, you have to go work it to be ready because I'm I'm supposed to do this charity um, models and comedy sometime in the fall. So I'm like trying to prep it. And it's also there's I also got asked to do this other show. It's like women women with titties or something i don't know something like that but i keep getting asked to do it so i was like it's a sign i got to do this i got to do this but um yeah i don't know he i i think things are funny and i know a lot of people don't so it's like that's the hard part about comedy have you ever seen your girlfriend work on her sets as she's getting things ready have you seen what her process is have you you know, taking notes like, okay, she stares at the wall. I don't know what her wall. process is, but she goes on a lot of walks. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. <laughs> so, all right. All right. So kind of getting back to it, you, you're talking a little bit about modeling. Um, there's there's this, this kind of symbiosis between modeling and acting, and there's often a lot of crossover. How did you get to be involved with the the section of your career that has to do with modeling um i think when i got back to la there was just jobs to do like print modeling all that stuff and then um yeah kind of one thing just led to another and then you know instagram is mainly photos so when you post a photo everyone just thinks that's what you're doing and you're not really doing that's what you're doing you know so I think by the looks of it, yes, it was paying my bills and all that stuff. Um, and I was definitely doing it more just because like you get the photo, you know, it's a lot faster <laughs> instead of like waiting for years for something to come out, um, how some movies have been, but I where it was in. But um, yeah, so I think, and then also I, I have big boobs. I was like, you know, and then that like pushes you into like some other type of modeling. And so then one thing leads to another in that market. So there you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can see how that could, uh, it's almost like a, a, a path that's laid out for you. You just kind of go with the flow and, and manage to make something of it or you don't. And it just kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's kind of, when you get to LA, you don't really know what you're doing. So you just do, it's like the spaghetti thing thrown out the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> I bet there's a lot of that. You know, I have, there's a lot of spaghetti on just falling to the floor and all. <laughs> you know, you were talking about uh, trying to make things funny. I I had one joke that I was trying to trying to work. It, it the all I had was the the, the punchline. I just couldn't make it make it work because you you had you know some experience with music and playing piano. It's like well, an upright citizen's grand piano. It's like how can I wedge that into into something? It just never never worked. <laughs> yeah i know sometimes it's so sad when you just have to let it go you're like there is something there yeah. but then it takes you like five six, way too long to get to the punchline and they're like lost you and i was like but that's so funny <laughs> well at least i think it's funny occasionally my friends and family remind me that no it's not quite so funny as i think it is and that, that helps keep me in check a little bit yeah yeah so but your family usually does think you're funny well that's true they're too they're too close that's what it is that uh, yeah, they're too close and they're they're jealous there's also the jealousy that's got to play into it <laughs> um okay i have to ask about this some of the the some of the um programs and films the the annotations on imdb that i saw i was mildly curious when i saw that you were in an episode of bupkis uh with uh pete davidson and just that fantastic cast that was there and a single question okay. came to mind that i had to ask and that is how did you manage to avoid dating pete davidson because that seems to be just kind of the thing that happens <laughs> oh i mean well i mean ask pete davidson why he's not dating me right? i don't know right? <laughs> i don't know i think i think he's dating his 
Well, at the time he was dating Kim. So, oh, right. You know, Kim. Right. And then I think he was dating the girl on the show. So, you know, he's a busy man. Yeah. I, that's why it's like, I just kind of expect it's like, oh, that'll be something. But really, what was it like? What my real question is, is I just love the idea of a pre existing universe that's already been written, it's been put together. We have existing characters, and you get to dip your toe into that reality and be kind of a part of it. What was it like to to have that experience? Um, so even though I was like the first uh, first episode, we were it was definitely shot out of order. So they were definitely in their flow of things. Um, Honestly, it was just such a smooth experience and everyone was just on it and it happened like it was a really fast day, actually. The longest part was basically just driving up to where we were shooting. Um, but yeah, it, everyone was great. It was just so comfortable. Um, I loved it. Did you, in any of these shows and movies that you have had, I always like to hear about instances where some maybe some of the veteran players, some of the veteran actors that have been in the industry kind of take a moment to go, hey, I see you're new. Nice to meet you. Here's some of the wisdom that I have gleaned over the years. Have you ever had anybody just go, hey, I've got, I'm going to take you under my wing? No, I wish. <laughs> like, why not? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I get like random spurts of like some kind of messaging thrown at me, but it's like, you know, I don't know. It's just like a spit almost. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. They're just like, like, you know, it's like usually the grumpy people on set are like just saying shit, you know, and maybe it's a, there's a nugget in there every once in a while. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess everybody's going to have a, a different experience. I just have this. Maybe, maybe I have rose-colored glasses that I look at the industry through. I always hope that it's like we're one big family. I'm going to show you the secrets to acting. Yeah, no, that's not the way I, I was for me. Anyways, I had to just like learn everything the as you go, <laughs> and then when you get there, you have to pretend like you know what you're doing, and you just do. You know, that sounds like acting in a nutshell. I, I... That is acting. It's acting. <laughs> Everyone's basically, we all just have to pretend we know what we're doing and we're doing it. And yeah. that's it. Yep. You know, honestly, it's just like having fun and just being, I mean, there's only a few things you can really have control over. And that's like being prepared on time and just like a good attitude. And other, everything else is just like, it is what it is. It's going to. It's not not ever going to be perfect, but it is what it is. You just got to find those moments. And like, we obviously all love it because we're still here. Right. You know, acting is like, I don't give, I don't want to give you anything. And you're like, just give me all of you. I love you so much. <laughs> There, there. I have to expect that certain productions have certain elements that are more fun than others. Now, I've always wanted to be a part of you know one of the classic 70s or 80s horror films and you got to be involved with uh, a project that basically was just like that um you know it felt like it anyway um yeah no it was it definitely was it's just making me laugh because i shot it so long ago i shot it like eight years ago when i just first moved to la and it just now saw the light of day which is crazy <laughs> But it looked like so much fun, and you got to, you got to work with Kane Hodder. I mean, how? No, it was fun. It was crazy, like the experience because we, you know, we were like in bikinis and cold because it, it was cold out, and we had to pretend it was hot. But that <laughs> it was that was my first like experience. No, so this is actually kind of crazy. That was like I've been on stuff. I was on stuff, but like that was my first. I was the number one call, you know, on the, on the sheet and my first feature film and like everything. And it was just, it was crazy. Cause I haven't, I didn't have anything like that up until that point. And it was like a film where I had to be scared the entire time. And it was just, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what my little head was going like, because I got, I was supposed to play a different character and then they switched it all up on the day of basically as soon as I got to set. And That's so crazy. I just had to 
go on the fly. And like thinking back about it, like my little like brain, I like, was flown to some place and I was like, this is amazing, you know? And they had like your name out there <laughs> waiting for you. Like that was my first time anything ever happened like that. So I was like on a high and I was just like, I don't know. I think that was the craziest, one of the craziest experiences I've ever done, ever had, because it was like the first. Now, were you a fan of horror films? Are you a fan of horror films? No, no, I do <laughs> no. not like to be scared at all. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's unfortunate because no. they're so and I was scared the whole time. They're so cheesy and, and, and ridiculous. Well, no, yeah, I know. I just have like, I don't like, you know, I'm the person that will be like running to my car after I watch it, like looking over my back. Well, if you've got so, the guy in there yeah. that's acting with you. I don't really need you. that all the time. I already have... yeah. yeah. And I already have trouble sleeping. So I just, you know, the anxiety. Yeah, I just. I just... I'd rather be in it yeah. than watching it. That makes know? sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I just got this thing. It's like the dude's been wearing the hockey mask for like forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just it's just it's like I, I, I want to kind of I kinda of wanna see that dichotomy as he you know, when he's you know, obviously he's in character and he's coming after you and it's oh it's terrible. But then cut and it's like, Well, I think that went pretty well and uh, Oh yeah, he's really sweet. He, yeah, you're kind of right. <laughs> he's really sweet. Uh, so what was, what was a direction like on that? That's the other thing that I've always kind of wondered when you're putting a horror movie together, you know, and you do a scene and maybe something is not quite the way that the director wants it to be. What kind of things will they say to you as an actress to try and get you to go the direction that they want you to go? Um, I, you know, all directors are totally different when it comes to that, like completely different. There's a lot of, there's some directors that really are so good at get you, getting you there because they really understand an actor. I find that the directors that really understand people or like, and they love actors, I feel like not that many directors usually don't like directors or actors, I feel like, you know, they act like it, but they're like, ah, but like, I found some of the best directors were ones that were like actors or they are actors too, or, you know, they're dabbling in it because they really understand. It's just like a certain way you have to talk to us. Like when you say, tell me, when you tell me to cry, I'm like, uh, one second, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm now I'm stressed out, you know, but if you tell me to feel something and like, I like it when they like tell you like, you know, he just did this and this and this and like, it could be different than the way you were giving it off to, but then it just feeds you so much more because you know all of this other stuff. Yeah, I like that, that, that to make the connection, to try and try and reach you on, on a personal level. Yeah, like tell me how I'm feeling and like why or something if you want me to get to something else than what I'm doing. Um. I, okay, so all right, so we we've got one film that we talked about, that, or one television series that's kind of drama comedy. You've got one that's horror, and you've got one that's out that you're in right now, uh, Confidential Informant, that's mm -hmm. just kind of uh, a drama. I had one question about that that I had to ask, um, and it's just kind of again about the construction of the thing itself. Tell me one thing that you experienced while making the film that maybe surprised you or something that you took with you. Um, it, I, well, I got naked and I guess maybe I was, I was scared of the idea of like, I was going to actually audition at a strip club just to do it because, you know, I'm an actor and, I want to live the life and that's what I wanted to do. And I was at the strip club every night, um, just <laughs> living it. Right. And um, so I was like, I'm going to do that before I go. And then I found that that seemed more scary to me than actually being on set and filming. I don't know why it's like something about the camera makes me feel more comfortable than like a bunch 
than like this person that has to judge me to see if I can be a stripper in a nightclub. I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. It's weird. And it's still to this day, that seems more scary than just me getting naked on the camera. I don't know why. Well, because I guess maybe I know we're going to redo it and redo it and redo it. And like, it's like baby steps and it's closed set or something. I don't know. I just feel more comfortable in front of the camera for whatever reason. But the other one is more like, in a way, like life theater. Life theater without clothes, yeah. but you got to get it right yeah. the first time. Yeah, and like I was there every night, and those girls are really, really good. I mean, amazing. I mean, that is not easy to do the things they do, and like the confidence they have. I am, I'm literally so floored by all of them. I think they're all amazing, and they all, I don't know. I just like, ah, I don't know this confidence and how talented they are. I really like there. I had a, I have a whole new respect for them. I always thought they were cool, and I thought it was a cool thing. I always wanted to be like a stripper secretly um i talked to this one girl and that's what she is she's like no one knows about her life but she like rocks it and she's killing it and she's just like someone else when she goes in there and i was like wow i kind of want to do that well there's just something hypnotic about the pole to begin with i mean that's yeah. people look down on it in, in some circles but that's it can be really really impressive uh, yeah I, mean, I think if i was pretty if i was good like they were i would be doing it i remember one maybe 10 years ago in america's got talent some uh some dude the talent he brought was you know the pole dancing and it's like mm -hmm. oh this is going to be awful and then then he got to it's like this dude's awesome <laughs> that's that yeah. looks really hard and the just the amount so of hard. of um just the amount of um, gymnastic skill and, and everything that goes with it just always kind of impresses me. So is that where you learned the skill that, that you that you can now pad your resume sheet with? I can pole dance for whatever film that I'm going to be a part of. Yeah, I can totally pole dance now. <laughs> I mean, I actually had a lot of fun, like, trying, like, figuring it out and, like, going to classes and all that stuff. And just, like, I don't know, that was a lot of fun. And I wish I would have started like just pole dancing a lot younger because the confidence it gives you and just like the way it makes you feel in your body is so amazing yeah i, so, I have to highly recommend it to everyone <laughs> i have to expect that once you get good at something like that especially if you're going to do it in a certain state of undress that you know like an interview for a job that just doesn't cause stress anymore it's like right? yeah this is nothing I, I, right I, I I had guys hooting and hollering the other night, and uh, we had the bouncer take seven of them out. You know, it's, you know this is this is easy. Um, so okay, so one other thing I wanted to ask. This has nothing to do with anything. I just love little bits of information that kind of show us who people are. You have clearly a love of music, and one of the tidbits that I saw is that you have a vinyl collection. I do have a vinyl collection. So I want oh. to know what's your favorite record that you've okay. got. Okay, if I were, I always have this, like, if I had to be on an island and I only had one record, I think it would be the XX. I love that album. It's just, like, so poetic and so chill, and it makes me happy, and it makes me want to, like, create. Um I also love the Violent Femmes, but I, it would be the XX if I had to be stuck on an island because the Violent Femmes goes a little dark, but it's yeah. fun to like get a little crazy too. So yeah, the XX. What about if you were, because I have a lot of friends that are also very, very into collecting vinyl and they always look, you know, I want the original Smiths single on, you know, 45 for this particular song. Is there a, if you, is there a record that you just wish that you had a copy of? And why? Um, I don't know, actually. I feel like I've gotten a lot of the ones I wanted. I also really love Grease. I have that album. I was obsessed with Grease when I was a young girl. Like, I would get grounded and not be able to watch Grease. So Grease was so important to me. Like the movie or like one of the theatrical performances? Grease, the movie, but the soundtrack, I would listen to over and over and over and over again you know i wish i would had aqua on vinyl actually because that's what i listened to all the time as a child and i don't have that oh oh yeah i do have the velvet underground 
but I think it's got a little scratch, so I need a new one. But yeah, Velvet Underground. That's 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 um that's a band that I I wish more younger individual uh, individuals. Um, you know the song Sunday Morning. Mm-hmm. I used to blast that on Sunday morning when I had roommates. It's so good. <laughs> it's just like such a vibe. Uh, one of my favorites. <laughs> thinking back, because there's just something about opening opening the the container, seeing the seeing the liner notes, and seeing everything you know just situated the way it is. And certain presentations just are so much cooler. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Aqualung, if you've uh, ever seen uh, no, that that seen album? The the is this kind of a kind of German impressionistic uh, cover to it. It's just this beautiful painting uh, Jethro Tull has on the on the album, and you open it up, and it's just this whole this whole feel to it. And it's just, I love those. Um, the uh, the Beatles album is kind of like that. I have the whole the whole thing, big one. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of fun too because there's so many things inside of it. Oh, love it, love it. Okay, so let's let's go to some hypotheticals here. Our, well, our, well, our podcast that we talk about a lot of pop culture stuff, but more often than not, we tend to focus on the intersection of comic books and film and television. So I always like to ask the people that I talk to. First of all, are you a fan of comics at all? No, I don't know them. I do read them. I what is the like? I read like the ancient, the old school ones. Like when I was a kid, I I read them, but I don't remember. There was like, like a kid, and there was parents. Hey, that's every Sunday, but I don't remember the names. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. There are some classics. You uh, looking at uh, what your age is? I mean, you could have gotten in on some of the 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 third or fourth generation Archies, or maybe some of yeah, the... Archie. <laughs> okay it's archie yeah it's archie yeah those those are great they're just fun and they're light and they're they're silly and just just good stuff all right so you're familiar at least so let's let's ask the hypothetical i always ask if you had your druthers your 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 choice of choices and you knew that either the the dc or marvel or somebody's going to be putting together a movie and you had a chance to star as a comic book character of your choice. Who would you love to be and why? A comic book character? But do I but I don't know if I know them. Oh, uh, well that's not How about this? I'll give you one. I'll give you one I think that would be perfect okay. for you. If you ever hear that they're going to do anything like this, I always do my own personal casting for for who I think the people would look like. There is um they're going to be bringing back uh, mutants, you know, like the X Men stuff for Marvel oh, okay, coming yes, here yes. here soon. Oh, you mean like okay, yes. Yeah. So, okay. looking at just physical appearance and kind of the the skill set and the things that you've got, I've got the I think the perfect one for you. In fact, it'd be really challenging. I think you should play a character called the Stepford Cuckoos. Stepford Cuckoos. Stepford Cuckoos. Okay, I'm gonna write this down. The Stepford Cuckoos. They are a lot of fun. Basic concept is: um, Are you familiar with um, uh, Emma Frost, the character Emma Frost, or the White Queen? Yes. Okay. So in the comics, at one point, um, she gets cloned, like a lot. Okay. okay. <laughs> so the Stepford Cuckoos are clones of her that all share a gestalt kind of singular mind they they well they're individuals but they share thoughts between each other they kind of act as one yeah wait okay i did a i did a a movie actually about this i was axles but we were cloned and they all like could share and like we all talked and stuff and actually yeah i was six different people you nailed it how did i miss that what movie was that it was called fire dust Or fire and dust. It was a long time ago, but yeah, I was like six different people. Well, then it was you, crazy. You should definitely do that again because I think I think that'd be so much fun. And they no, they... I had so much fun. It's crazy being cloned so many times. You're like sitting in different positions and like you know, it's crazy filming that stuff. I mean, I had fun. So yeah, sign me up. All you will be the Stepford Cuckoos. Well, I'll have to if I ever see anything. I will. 
I will yell as loudly and get other people to yell too. Oh, I, I love it. being cloned. I don't know why. I don't know if it's a vanity thing, but I just love watching lots of me. <laughs> well, I like the idea of being just slightly different variations of the same person. Yeah. I always actually, my dream has always been to clone me. Like if we're going hypothetical, like that way I could just be chilling and I send all my minions <laughs> off to be doing all the things that everyone <laughs> wants me to do. And I can be everywhere and make everyone happy. Yeah, I think that sounds uh, sounds pretty pretty excellent. That's one of my favorite characters in the comic books is essentially just that. Uh, multiple man makes copies of himself, sends them out. They do things. He reabsorbs them and has all the memories and all the experiences. And it's just a fun concept. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Final hypothetical. This is one I've been doing a little more recently just because I, I think it's fun because it has to do with your your industry and kind of maybe a thought process of, of, of kind of you're talking about, uh, you know, thinking how am I going to approach certain things. So uh, I'm going to set the scene. You're in a, a, a cafe. We're going to say it's in, I don't know, Italy for some reason. Okay. Uh, <laughs> And you go to this cafe, and there's a, a lamp on the table. Looks like it's you know, right out of Aladdin. You think it's funny, and you rub the lamp, and out comes a genie. It's like, oh, it's real. It's real. But this this genie is uh, is wearing sunglasses and a suit, and he, he clearly uh, has all the trappings of Hollywood, uh, and he's been stuck in Hollywood for a long time. So he, he says, you've gotten three wishes, but I'm very specialized in what I can grant. So I can't give you money, and I can't. I can't uh, give you uh, uh, superpowers, but what I can do is I can grant you the wish to work with any three people in the industry that you would love to work with. So if you had the ability to just say, I get to work with these people, who would they be and why? Lady Gaga, Stephanie Germanotti. Um, I've been a huge fan of her since forever. Like she was like my idol when I was growing up. Oh, not well, yeah, when I was like, you know, maturing. Right. Um, I loved it. And I, you know, I, she was obsessed with Andy Warhol. So I was like, oh, I became obsessed with Andy Warhol. I mean, I was obsessed with him for a while, but, you know. Um, I would like to play Sydney Sweeney's sister or something. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, and um, who else? Who else on oh, my last wish? Let's make it good. Oh, Brad Pitt. Oh, we can't go wrong with Brad Pitt. Yeah, he, he's Brad awesome. Pitt's in safety. Yeah, safety. No, I I gotta say one thing about Lady Gaga. I I always try and keep in check my impending age. You know, the, you never want to get to that age where you just kind of turn your nose up at music just automatically for whatever it is. So yeah, I caught myself doing that with Lady Gaga at first. Like, you know, I'm not going to look at her. She's just wearing these ridiculous outfits. I mean, how, how talented could she really be? And then I watched an episode of Saturday Night Live that she was the musical guest and was just absolutely floored. And it's like, okay, I'm a moron. <laughs> Forever evolving, you know, like the star, A Star is Born was one of my favorite movies ever. Which like, version? what is she going to do next? <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I've seen them all. You've seen all five? Um, I've seen all of them. Wait, there's five? There are five. <laughs> oh, I only saw four. Okay. No, they keep I... remaking it over and over again. But the fact that you've seen four, that's that's impressive. Did you see this one? I did. Um, I, I absolutely love the fact that Bradley Cooper is doing a constant impersonation where he wants to talk like his brother throughout the entire film. And it's just the two of them talking like this for two hours. And yeah, I couldn't stop laughing. Oh man. I was crying, but I cry every time I watch it. It's, it's a good story. I mean, it's, that's why it's lasted as long as it has. And it just resonates with people. And we all want to have that, that feeling. I, I kind of, have you been to the movie theater recently? Have you gotten to experience the the preview yes. where you? This is the place where we all go to feel things. You know, I always get kind of you know where they're going with that, but you know, feel like they kind of missed. Oh the, yeah, what they're doing now with like the celebrities like talking and stuff at you. Yeah, they're missing the yeah. mark just a just a little bit. I mean, <laughs> they're right. They're absolutely right. It's like the 
but they just they're they're approaching it in the wrong way. I don't know about you, know. but the whole reason I like to be at the movie theater isn't because, uh, yeah, I want the big screen and the sound and everything, but I want to see everyone else's reaction to the film. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I love just to just to hear, just to see if it, did somebody gasp at something? Did that is somebody else crying at something? Is it? Oh yeah, is you this like affecting that? Yeah. them? It's like we get to have this moment where we're connected to each other just in the dark and that is awesome that is cool you're right that is cool it is a feeling that's a special feeling than like watching it at home right yes definitely i mean don't get me wrong home is great i I don't want to have to go anywhere if i don't really have to (laughs) sometimes yeah i love pausing it and being able to go pee whenever i want or eating or whatever you know and i don't have to think special about a movie right theater Well, um, one more question. Uh, This is diverting a little bit from the Mm -hmm. the film and the television. You've got a a project you're working on called uh, Real AF that I I'm really kind of curious about. That has kind of nothing to do with anything that we've talked about. Nothing. No, nothing. I want to know more about this. This sounds super cool. Okay, so you do know about the Apple Go. Goggles coming out yes, in the January. Extraordinarily expensive <laughs> goggles that are going right. to revolutionize. Okay, so yeah, so if you think about that and like how you see things like in your space, you know when you're seeing what with the goggles. Okay, so you're seeing stuff. So think about like how everything's going to go to like eventually, which is kind of crazy to think about, and I don't even like thinking about it. But right now. You can have this like VR experience, not necessarily not necessarily with a goggle, but you can do it on your computer or on your phone, and you can like make a video. We're developing a technology where you it's already out, but we're making it where it's like affordable for us everyone to be able to do it, and you can walk around the person. You can it's like literally a person can be in your room doing whatever they want. Huh. So. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So like just think about an Instagram post that is live basically. Even though that's like a video but it's in your room or in your house and like you can place the person in your hand or whatever. Um and the other aspect it's called real AF and what my hope is that okay, so I believe that the beauty standards for women in general but everyone is just out of control a little bit everyone's doing i mean people in europe i think in france they might like ban um filters or not filters but like all the photoshop stuff or they have to say it at least anyways i think it's just out of control and with this platform we're not allowing anyone to like do any kind of alterations and also it'd be too expensive to like fix you on 3d spatial webs so in real time yeah yeah so i ideally would like this place to be a profile where everyone has and it's like you can pop up and wherever they are and there's like photos of who you actually are if you want or videos of you without editing and it's just like your real profile that's it you know also you can like lock stuff and like people can pay for it if they want stuff like that but my hope is that it's everyone has like a real AF profile and it's just like they pop up, it's virtual. Oh, that's them. Cool. So you're not going to go get catfished or just like people look real. We have skin texture. We don't, we're not always so fabulous. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Instagram is a great place to look fabulous all the time, but I think there should be a place where we are real. So in going with this, since we're going with kind of a, a, a real presentation of each other so we can kind of connect in a real way, are you planning on having the requirements for setting up these uh, individual profiles be verified or are they still potentially anonymous? Um, Verified. Oh, like, well, the people have to come in the studio if they want to do the... Is that what you mean? Uh, yeah, so you know you know who it is because a lot of the things that go on in a lot. Yeah, of that's a good media. idea. Yeah, good thinking actually, very good. Um, yeah, they have to come in the studio to get the real like three hundred and sixty volumetric um, ordeal. 
done, but um, we are working on a system that like you can shoot against a wall and it's still like can pop up in your home. Um, you just can't really go behind it. Uh, but yeah, that's actually a good idea. We do need to verify these people, but we talk to everyone that we're doing because it's very like one to one right now until we get going until right. we have a soft launch. So, well, that sounds like it'd be. Oh, you know they're out there. That <laughs> sounds like it could be like the the next step of what what we always hoped that something like Twitter could have been or or some of these other things could have been to connect people together. I just think we need to like go back into a different direction because it's literally bonkers. Like I've been working on the social media and stuff. And so I've been looking up all these articles and there's all these other Reddit accounts and like all these Photoshop fails that people don't even pay attention and they're posting. And then like, you know, and why is it that like a 60 year old person needs to look 20? Like what is happening to society? It's just like, we're going backwards. We're going to a place where we're just like, not real, not truthful. Just, I don't know. It's sad. Well, I think it's, it may be a reflexive action, a reflexive want because everybody wants to be, to be interesting, to be wanted. And mm -hmm. that is often determined by what we have been programmed, what we've been told is supposed to be attractive or interesting or whatever. And so in order to really fix this particular mental um, issue, we have to get at the core of how, how we are presented our media, how we're presented our information, how uh, the people that are you know, the ones that own the companies, what they... It, it's their messaging that's going to help determine how things yeah, change. That's true. Well, Very I true. think that sounds fantastic. Now, if our audience wants to know exactly what it is that you're going to be doing next, whether it has to do with this project or your next film or your next uh, television role, what is the best way that they can pay attention and find out what's going on with you? Um, my Instagram is the Ariel Ray. A-R-I-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Then my Twitter is Ariel Racine, R-A-Y-C-E-N-E. -E. Um, I basically just post tweets on, oh, wait, are we supposed to threads now? Um, my threads is my same as my IG, which is the Ariel Ray. I don't know, what are we doing now? It's so confusing. Absolutely. And then um, Instagram for Real AF is uh, hold on. We changed recently. <laughs> I asked the it hard is, questions. Oh, yeah. No, it's we are real underscore AF. And we're going to have a soft launch soon. So we're posting, we'll be posting about that. I'm definitely excited to hear about that. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to tell us a little bit about your history and what what you have managed to experience and what things are going on and everything and uh oh you know what i did forget to ask one question uh, we were going to go down this road and then i got distracted i'm you know i'm a lot like a uh you know like the dogs you know squirrel you know, just off since this may not be at the, at the time of this recording since this may not be um pertinent forever I wanted to ask one question, uh, just what your impression is of the current uh, writer and actor strike that's that's going on. What what you think it is that that they're going to accomplish, and what you hope they're going to accomplish with this? I honestly don't know what we're going to accomplish. I mean, I hope we get everything we're asking for because everything is just so unfair. Like. People actually think we make a lot of money just by like doing something. And it's insane actually with inflation and everything, we haven't caught up to like what happened or, or what is happening in the world. And it's so hard to get apart in general. And what are we doing in the off time? Like there's no way, it's so, so rare that someone's making an actual living just off acting. And like to get, and, Right now we're fighting just to have our health insurance. It's like we have to make a certain amount of money just for our health insurance. And that's insane. And it's like, you know, how many SAG actors are there? And it's like, we're obviously in this for way more than just, we're in it basically for our SAG insurance, like our health insurance. Right. Like it's insane. Like we love it. And we just want some like 
some kind of checks and balances to this whole thing. Like it's just not evening out on what's happening and what the studios are making. Yeah. I don't know. It's so crazy. It's a crazy time. Yeah, it does seem to be a, a, a problem that will just kind of, now, even even if this particular bump in the road is taken care of, it seems like something that will still rear its head multiple times. But oh yeah, with all the new technology and everything yeah. coming out, and like they did they say they just want to have like the hologram and then they use them and not pay the person? That's insane. Like I don't even know where their head is. I feel like sometimes they're just being like, I'm just gonna say this and like because I can or something. But yeah. I don't know. It's I hope they realize that they need us. Well, I'll say one thing. Occasionally, even with all of the awfulness that you get to see, you still get to see some nice things here and there. And I, I think I saw a, a small news snippet that said that uh, 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 The Rock uh, donated uh, a large chunk to help, uh, like a seven-figure sum to help the, the SAG continue their, yeah. their things and keep going. It's like, you know, that kind of solidarity – I love seeing that somebody that's managed to make it yeah. and be successful, help everybody else that is as fighting to be able to just do what they do. And I know, that love. just gave me chills. I love that too. Yeah. Well, we're like, all in it together. It's, it's, that's the, that's the small upside. <laughs> I'm yeah. hoping for the big upside to come soon, but until then, if you have anything else you ever want to talk about, or you have a new thing coming, we'd love to have you on the show again. Um, Thank you. And I really appreciate, like I said, your time. And it has just been a thin slice of heaven having you on. And, uh, you know, a little little uh, League of Their Own uh, action there. But uh, until next time, uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with this Real AF. Cool. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely.